me just say this to you, and I'm going to be as clear as I can. Well, hell, what you doing? Wait a minute. Well, hold on. That shit Draymond Green was doing during the 80s, he got knocked the f*** out. See, but that's a <laughs> whole different. That's the, the, the difference in our, our basketball. Yeah, yeah. Our okay. basketball is okay. different. <laughs> I saw what Cedric Maxwell said. And, you know, what? one thing that baffles me about the 80s or the 90s or whatever you want to call when basketball was so much more physical is some of the guys that be talking weren't the guys that was punching people. You know, like like they they, they act like, you know, guys was just walking around the court like I'm hitting, I'm hitting this guy in the nose. Respect these years. Yeah, yeah. And I'll say this. When you look at, at things you talk about, I'll say this. There's only been 32 finals MVPs. And damn it, I'm one of them. up with your damn self. I, but fuck that. He, he can't come to you like he got a friend talking about me. I can talk to you all I want to, mother And that's how that goes. The big girls love that. Chicks love the last shot opportunity. Somebody give me a napkin so I can wipe my mouth. All right, it's a brand new episode of the Cedric Maxwell Podcast. I am Joseph Pavone. He is Cedric Maxwell. We're here to recap the NBA Finals. Man, what a uh, what a run from the Boston Celtics. About what this, a bro. run. We're going to start out this. Josue, the newsbreaker. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yo, it's been a while. Had, I don't think I've had more people talking about me, about what happened with me and Draymond Green. It went national. It went around <laughs> Gary the world. Payton too. And yeah. Joe Sway was the guy who had the camera behind the camera. Every time I looked around, <laughs> I think Joe Sway, every time he saw me near Gary Payton or he saw Draymond, Joe Sway it's, had the camera. Like, well, let me get it's over here. Must quick. see TV, Max. Come on now. Come on now. And you know what? Before I, I could even start the interview with Gary, Soon as he locked eyes on you, he knew he had to talk trash after game two. So because of the conversation you two had in game one, which which wasn't documented, but you you, you talked about uh, what was on 98.5 the Sports Hub. You talked about he was telling you, well, enjoy this one because you're not going to get the next one. And then at the game right. two, he was right. Now, Gary, Gary said some things and, you know, I had some fun with him. It was it, it, it just got to the point where I think it got for me, it was overload. I had more people talking to me about um, I think I had more vested in this series emotionally than I've had since I was a player because of all the noise, because of all the Draymond talk, because of Draymond Green coming up to me, because of some of the mm-hmm. things that people have said. And it felt like um, for me, it felt like I was involved in the series. I wasn't playing and, and I was a, a big storyline, which really shouldn't have been there. It was a comment that I made. And uh, Draymond really just kind of came back at me, and I, I, I told he him. He responded to it, right, yeah. right. Yeah, and at, at the very end, uh, I think you saw the, the second part of it when I was talking to Gary Payton, and Draymond came up. and I thought that. I did. You, you don't talk to him. You, you don't talk. You protect me. If a man is talking about me like that, you protect me. And I was like, what the? And Gary was looking at him like, what? And we both now <laughs> looked at each other. And I told Draymond, I said, Draymond, I'm right here. You need to talk to me. And I don't want to talk to you. And and then at that point, I knew that it was going to get from bad to worse. And so I told um, Gary Payton at that time, and you know how we keep it on the hundred. I said, I said, Gary, I'm gonna do something right here. I'm gonna get the fuck out of here right now. Okay. 
this is about to get crazy. And when I walked out, he was still talking to Gary. And when I walked out, he kind of followed me. And then that's when we met in the hallway. And um, and I turned around and I said, Draymond, what's he's like, well, you know, when a man says something like that, that a man, you know, you said that uh, you said that somebody was going to punch me in the mouth. And you, you got to be by your word. I said, I am about my word. But I didn't want to inflame it because I couldn't have. Because when you said a man said, you said that somebody's going to punch me in the mouth. I didn't say that. What right. I said was somebody should have knocked you the fuck out if you'd been playing during the 80s. That's right. But that's the thing. If you had been playing during the 80s, that, that's the big difference. You weren't saying if, if I was out there, I would knock him out. No, he, you were saying if this basketball was going down back then, the way he was playing in game one or game two, rather, you know, in your era and Gary's era. And the thing that pissed him off, in my opinion, was that Gary agreed with you. I think that's the part that, that didn't sit well with him because – and then he tried to change the conversation, right? He started talking about Bill and Beer, started talking about you – know, as if you weren't about that life, right, Max? And, and I, I, I thought you said it – I thought you said it per- – oh, nicely, rather. I said, not perfectly, but I would say – you said it nicely when you said, maybe, maybe you should go you, – you weren't alive when I was doing this. Maybe you should go go ask your daddy about that. Go ask your dad. <laughs> he, he would remember. That, that, was, that was fun. Yeah, but it was – really, I didn't have any – stake in it uh, you know i i wanted right uh, none of this is personal right i wanted to something to win but it wasn't to the point where i felt like i was trying to attack him i was just saying what would happen and i polled almost every one of my friends who played during the 80s i went to uh as he said i i went over and i talked to bob mcadoo uh i talked to um uh chris ford i talked to ml Carr. Uh, I talked to uh, Ricky Mahorn and, and to a man, everybody said the same thing. They said the same exact thing. So I wasn't trying to berate him. And, and at the very end of the conversation, he and I had, I said, yo, man, actually, I like you. I said, are we good? Are we, are we? And that's when I had his hand. And I said, we good. And we kind of shook hands. And he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. He walked away and I walked away. And that was, I thought, the end of the story until I uh, see the next day, Just Sway was on the beat again. <laughs> Someplace in the background going, and before I could get home, somebody said, who put that out? Sean Grady said, who put that out? See, what, what is the name of that? <laughs> oh, that would be Joe Sway's company right now. CLMS. Uh, because <laughs> he, he followed that puppy all the way down the line. But, you know, again, it wasn't about me. It was more about the Celtics. And now the Celtics right. are losing this series. And I think the Celtics really lost this series in game four, uh, being at home, being up 2-1, uh, being at home for game th- game four, and uh, having the chance late in that basketball game, being ahead. And Steph Curry would not let the reins go. As he just yeah. he just came at the Celtics left and right and left and right and man he was he he alone was tremendous. There were other guys who stepped up and I think probably one of the biggest surprises for me was Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins was tremendous in that series. If 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 he didn't get it, if you looked at that series and and if you did not have Curry getting the MVP, it should have been Andrew Wiggins because oh no question because right. he was a guy essentially you know he. He heads up with with uh, Tatum all night, and I think he was stronger. He was bigger. He was quicker. He beat him to the to the spots, and individually he was able to contain him. 
you look at what Jason Tatum did in this series. You know, he averaged about 20, but he had in a in the playoffs something I didn't think could happen. But in the playoffs so far in, what, 18 games or how many games the Celtics played during this time, he had 100 turnovers, which is which is one of the records which probably is going to stand for a minute. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be up there for a while. Well, well I just think that was the part of his game that was getting, that was overlooked throughout the run, right? I mean, you saw what he did in, in, in each and every series. He was he was the main important he was the important performance that you needed to win every single every single way, right? Every single step along the way, whether it was against the Miami Heat or, or what he did against the Milwaukee Bucks, probably the best performance of his career, right? Game six. I mean, I just think what Tatum came, when it came down to what Tatum and the Celtics was that the fourth quarter. Late game execution. There was just turnovers after turnovers, and it was from the guys that the, the three guys that you needed to, to clean it up the most, right? Between Tatum, yeah. between Brown, between you know Marcus Smart, and yeah. the Golden State Warriors, they capitalized on that, right? I mean, the Celtics they survived. They survived some big punches, but when it came down to it, in those, in those fourth quarters and that in those most important stretches of the game, the last five minutes of the game, you know, the Golden State Warriors took care of business, especially in the last two games. Well, and and you take that series even further, and you start looking at maybe the bench contribution. Uh, Derek White was great in that first game. He was tremendous. Then after that, it was a, it was a gradual decline. Yeah. You know, essentially, he just fell off. You got nothing from Peyton. Uh, you, you look at uh, Grant Williams, who had been so good during the playoffs. He was in, essentially invisible during the playoffs. He didn't, he didn't have anything. And the bench production from the Celtics was a killer. Because yeah. I think if you look at uh, Jordan Poole, essentially outscored the Celtics bench almost each and every night he walked on the floor. So the Celtics have to do some fine-tuning. And, uh, man, it, it's just sad because Al Horford was a beast. From oh, time. man. He Especially not, in game six. He, he started the comeback. Yeah, he would not let the reins go. But uh, Steph Curry, you can't give him that kind of leeway and – and Ime, I think he did a great job coaching. But one thing, if he looks back on it, he's going to have to find a way to give Tatum an opportunity to rest in the game. And very much like, you know, Steph Curry. Steph Curry would come out of the game and then they would bring Jordan Poole in. But they would continue their pace or they could go up, you know, even more with their scoring. Uh, Celtics didn't have that. And that's why I think Ime essentially – had a hand tied behind his back, uh, you know, especially in those last three, four games. Well, Max, he didn't trust the, he didn't trust the bench. And, you know, when it came to guys that, that needed to – guys that he needed to, to step in, they, they didn't contribute after game one. You know, this is a mistake that we did, though. This is a mistake that we did, Max. We put, like, this invisible cloak on, 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 on top of, you know, whether it was Derek White or Grant Williams, because they did it in specific games, like game one in the finals, like the big performance Grant gave you, you know, against the Bucks, against Giannis. You know, we 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 imagine them doing that throughout the championship, throughout yeah. the NBA Finals, at the biggest yeah. stage. That was a big mistake in thinking that they could take on that that type of challenge. You know, they weren't ready for that. I, I they showed I you flashes of it, but they didn't do it consistently enough. Here's, you know? here's the thing about it: they had their opportunities. I think that's what you look at. They had their opportunities. Well, yeah, because those are the guys that he trusted. I mean, obviously, those are the three guys. Or, or, or two the, guys. The times that you you brought in uh, Pritchard, and, and, and Pritchard, Pritchard, and, right. Pritchard, and you play. Woo, Pritchard and White were in the game together, and that's when I think um, Golden State went on a a twenty one nothing um, a roll. Uh, so run, yeah. You, you could, they, run. 
you couldn't have those two guys in the game at the same time. And and those are the kind of results you were getting. I think you may would probably be kicking himself over that one particular thing. Everything else, I think, you know, he, he did what he could do. And, and this team just did not have enough at the end of the day. This episode of the Cedric Maxwell Podcast is brought to you by Indeed. No one has a business like yours with all its strengths and challenges. To succeed, you need a hiring partner that adapts your needs and you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Find great talent faster through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match assessments and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get qualified candidates whose resume on Indeed match their job description the moment they sponsor a job according to Indeed Data US. One of the things I love about Indeed is the fact that it makes it so easy for you to hire. It takes less than 10 minutes for most SMB employers to post a job, according to Indeed Data. Indeed does the hard work for you. When you pay to post a job, Instant Match shows candidates whose resume on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post, so you can hire faster. With Indeed, you can select for the skills that matter to you the most. Add from a selection of over 100 Indeed assessment tests to your job post and hone in on the candidates with the right skills faster. Indeed has such great talent. In fact, three out of four of U.S. online job seekers search for jobs on Indeed each month, according to ComSource. Even better, Indeed is the only job site where you can pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. Indeed is an unbelievably powerful hiring partner, delivering four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest in 2019. Start hiring now with the $75 job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash Maxwell. Offer is good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit right now at Indeed.com slash Maxwell. That's Indeed.com slash Maxwell. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire, you need indeed. Well, we knew how top-heavy they are throughout the postseason. Those are the guys that carry this team. And I just felt like those are the guys that, whether you want to say they were exhausted or whether they were too into their head, but they made some crucial mistakes in those fourth-quarter stretches. You know, Golden State Warriors capitalized on that. You're not going to survive games where you're committing 17, 18 turnovers and expect to win. I mean, those are 30, 30, 35 points you're just giving to the Golden State Warriors. And that was no recipe for success. They never cleaned it up after the after uh, after the first two games. You know that yeah. the turnover was always an issue. Yeah, I remember looking. I think it was Game Five uh, in Golden State, and and Sean Grandy, my broadcasting partner, and I had talked about it. Said, "Well, what the Celtics have to do is clean up the turnovers." And the first possession the Celtics had, Jason Tatum flies through, going to his left, and throws the ball out of bounds. It's like. Dude, you just you just went over what you had to do and uh, essentially failed. But here here's the thing about it. I think it, this was a, a learning block. It was a, a, a platform to learn on. And will Tatum and Brown be back? Yeah, I think they will be. But also look at the Eastern Conference. Will it be better? How will those guys compete? You know, because right now they have the Celtics at the top. And one thing we know that when you're at the top, you're going to be the hunted. You are going to be the hunted. So the Southerners yeah. want to be the hunted, and and Tatum will be probably more than anybody be in a situation where people are going to look at him and judge him fairly or unfairly as as the dude on this team. I mean, one one stat I'll give you, and I'm not big about stats, but uh, Larry Bird in 1981 
uh, during his first championship run. He averaged 15 points a game, shot about 40% from the field. But what did he do? His greatness, and this is where Tatum has to get, Larry Bird averaged 15 rebounds a game, seven assists, and had 42 steals in a six-game series. So, so that is what we didn't see the imprint that Tatum had to put into a building like that. Because Celtics many times got killed on the glass. And you yeah. never bigger, stronger team. Looney did a great job of getting out early. Draymond got some. Well, the second a- chance opportunities, was, was that, that crushed the Celtics too. How many offensive rebounds did the Golden State Warriors come up with, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot. And you said it, Looney, Draymond. I mean, guys were getting in there. But what do you think? What, what do you think the reasons behind that? Someone like Tatum, maybe not specifically just the rebounding aspect of things, but why why couldn't we see more uh, games with Tatum was was uh, you know better in those situations? Whether it was you know shooting you know down the stretch in those fourth quarter, or you know when it, when it was down to like the last few minutes, or whether it was just him overall and, and committing Have so many you, turnovers. A lot did of you look at, did you did you ask Tatum ever to be that kind of rebounder? Did, did anybody ask him of that? You know, I think people were satisfied. If you got seven, eight rebounds, you were good. But, yeah. the, but, but the great ones, when you put an imprint on a team or on a series, you have to do what you have to do and make those contributions that are going to change the trajectory of a series. The Celtics didn't do that after they, lo- after they lost game four, yeah, game four here, where they should have won that. They, it seemed like they were on a sinking ship for the rest of the series. Well, I feel like they were confident because of the way they bounced back in every other game throughout the playoffs or how they that, that's been their M.O. And going up against a team like the Golden State Warriors, well, they respond well too. You know, I just think the Celtics in, in certain stretches, especially in the second half, when, when the Warriors went on there, you know, when they became the third quarter Warriors and, and they, they hit you with a big run, I just feel like the Celtics were just – they were too lenient on, on what they used to do in the past or, or saying all the right things, but not actually executing when it came down to it. But they, you think about the defensive pressure they had. They did a great job against Clay. They contained him. But guys that hurt you with the Jordan Poole's of the world knocking down shots. Uh, Otto Porter, uh, the shots he was hitting from the top and corner. Uh, those were the shots. Urge. And then you, you put Wiggins in the mix. You just didn't think that Wiggins would have that kind of impact on a seven guy. I thought that clearly that's where the Celtics had the advantage with their forwards. I thought that Tatum would dominate Wiggins, and that didn't happen. If anything, I think Tatum, I think Wiggins actually outplayed Tatum, and that puts you on the backside of doing nothing because Brown scored the basketball. Brown was probably as effective as anybody. And Marcus was a little shaky on the on this offensive end and defensively. I don't know what you're going to do with Steph shooting from half court. I, I I don't even know. Yeah, it's unfortunate because Max, I can't help but wonder if, if this team was just maybe if, the, if things had clicked earlier in the season, would they have been ready for this? But then you wonder maybe this is just part of their growth. You know, this is just uh, part of the process here, and that we we just got a little too excited and thinking that they were going to just make that leap, make that final leap just because of the way they went about things, right? Going up against the best team the Eastern Conference had to offer, you know, being in these type of situations where they were, you know, in face of adversity, facing elimination, the way they would bounce back against specific teams throughout this run. But you also have to remember, Mac, they got some breaks as well. And look, that happens to most teams that make it to the NBA Finals. But 
whether you want to point to the Chris Middleton injury, whether some people like to point to the Jimmy Butler, if he didn't attempt that three or if he made that three rather in game seven, do the Celtics even make it this far? I don't know. What, what, what's your take on it? I don't, I don't really look at it that way. I think the Celtics made their own breaks. And, you know, what everybody said for the longest time was, oh, my God, you can't play Brooklyn. You can't be in second. And then right. what happened? They're in second. They got to play Brooklyn. Everybody said, oh, oh, my God, what a murder's road you have to go through. If you beat Brooklyn, now you got the defending world champions in Milwaukee. Yeah, they didn't have Milton, but still. The they revenge had, tour. They, they, had, they had Giannis. Then yeah. you turn around and, and you had Miami with Jimmy Butler, who was so good. And uh, he probably had the game of his life. So I, I just think that the Celtics played inspired basketball. They had their opportunities. And um, game four, game four was always staying with me because they were ahead late in that basketball game. And all of a sudden, Golden State went on a, a, a roll. They beat them two to two going back. And, and that kind of took the air out of the bubble. Yeah, no question. This episode of the Cedric Maxwell Podcast brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports development, including this year's Stanley Cup, Major League Baseball scores, and all the latest fighting news, and even next year's early NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50 to get the bonus and to get in on the action. Bet online where the game starts. No question. That was the one that got away in, in, in game two, too. I mean, granted, it wasn't it wasn't pretty, but it was in San Francisco. You had a, you had a lead, and the, the, the Warriors just, just they, they, went, they went on that run. But they, they couldn't survive it, you know, in, in, in the second half. But yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how Tatum bounces back. I, I was talking with, with with Bobby Manning on the Garden Report about how I, I want to see the, the 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 dark side of Tatum. I feel like most most mm. of the best best NBA players they go through this 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 dark period where everyone is questioning them. And I mean, sure, Tatum's been through that to a certain extent, but not quite like this when the championships on the line and people right. are questioning if you're just not about it. You know, you, are you afraid of this moment? You're not ready. Maybe you're not a top five Tatum as we as people say you are you know uh, what what do you think happens in my opinion if he's not the guy who's always smiling and if he goes into rah-rah mode always huffing and puffing sort of like what Giannis did remember how Giannis sort of transformed along with his his, his body and his physique as well but um something like that if that happens I, I wouldn't be surprised you know but then again Tatum maybe he stays the same maybe he keeps the same demeanor that that he's always been and this is something that goes back to his his days in Duke that people used to keep an eye on saying like, is he ever going to have that eye of the tiger in him? Is he going to be, if you're ever going to turn that tide? Yeah. You know? I, I think you look at it and you're going, that's it to me, dark table. And, and I think that, you know, it's going to be the, be a big difference that him being a little bit meaner and a little bit more aggressive. I want to see that. I mean, I was appalled. I think it was game, was a game four, game five when Draymond Green, they called Celtics called timeout. Tatum had the basketball walking off the floor. Oh, game Draymond, five, game Green, five. Draymond Green followed him all the way to the uh-huh. Celtics. And nobody, nobody on the Celtics said, you know, get the hell out of here. Everyone just watched him. People just, Max, they just watched him. Like he was like a teacher yeah, I mean, like in the middle class. 
like they were watching the damn movie. I'm just like, nobody, <laughs> nobody. That's a great point. That's a great point. To this guy, I mean, the but see, Mac, these are mind games. This is what Draymond did throughout the series, and he he won. So the fans don't want to hear that, but he won. I don't mean yeah. I don't mean because he's gonna get a ring on his finger or a fourth one. I mean he won the mind games. He was in their head. He had real estate. You know? Well, he did, but it, and it shouldn't have been the case because somebody on that bench, because you didn't walk, he walked to your bench. He walked onto your bench in the middle of your huh, in your just, lane. And, like and this dude, isn't even right. That's like a dude coming in your house, man, and, and just going in your refrigerator without even asking. <laughs> like, what the hell are you doing? I just thought I'd go in there. Feet up on the couch. Sneakers on. Feet up on the couch. I think I'm just going to give me a, uh, give me a drink, man. I got, got a, a beer out your fridge. I'm like, dude. You, you no invite. Here? Yeah, not, nothing. So, oh, come on. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That shouldn't sit well with the team. That shouldn't sit well with anybody. You're talking about the team. Anybody who would allow that kind of crap to happen, yeah. to me, you're like, I, I just don't know. I just, I, I was just blown away looking at Draymond do that. But then again, I was blown away with some of the things he did in game two when I talked about he just turned it into a football. And oh, the, way he, the way he was setting screen, screen people. The officials yeah. didn't make the call. And at that point, hey, officials ain't going to make the call. I'm going to take that in my hand. But mm-hmm. I tell you what, I give him credit for this. He won the championship. And he was an integral part in winning that Absolutely. championship later on. And especially when it got to be good at the end. And everybody was shooting well. Even Draymond knocking down trays, talking junk. And it, it just got to be a snowball effect. He was pushing the ball, the tempo up. He would make, they would make a steal. And then they would run up. And then they were cutting, going back door. Their offense was a, a thing of amazement, really, to see because once they got it, the Celtics were very stagnant. And one play, we'll, we'll probably end up putting it in. You think of uh, Tatum's legs at the end. It was one of those steals where Draymond was the only guy back. And instead of going all the way to the basket and trying to dunk it, Tatum went to the side and kind of almost we had his back to the basket, throwing it up, didn't even didn't get the contact. Those were yeah. plays which were critical and your best player and it's just said maybe it was his legs maybe he was tired whatever but you're you're playing for the world championship man at that point there are no excuses i hope that they get a chance to go back and i think they will uh, i just think they have to tweak their team they have to find to me they have to find another legitimate score you know what tatum when needs brown, to do though you know what tatum brown, needs to do when you have brown and tatum being scores Marcus Smart being a facilitator, there's a hole right here that Brad has to fix. You can have you can have the time lower as your center, but I think you have to get a two guard to go along with those other shooters and then change your offense so it's not an offense of guys sitting around looking at each other. Cut, pick, go towards the hole. That's what you're going to have to do. But to answer your question about what happened with Tatum there, one thing that he needs to work on for sure is, is, is his left. I, I just feel like the Golden State Warriors did a really good job of making him uncomfortable in that way. And he tries to go back to his right a lot of the times, and 
I don't know. I, I just think that's a part of his game that stuck out a lot to me in, in a big way against the Warriors, the way they were defending him. And look, what you had, you know, what you what you're saying about Draymond, I, I, I agree with. I, I just felt like the Celtics sort of, I don't want to say they got like bullied or whatever, but it was sort of just intimidated, I guess, right? They just got intimidated, I felt like. Well, like they, like what's the word we were used back in it? Punked. You got punked. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, like and I feel like if that was somebody else, we're, if that was somebody else, in the, we're saying people in the, the huddle would have backed him up, would have said, hey, yeah, what are you somebody, doing here? Somebody would have backed that dude up, but nobody backed him up. And yeah. when a when a bully gets going, as we all know, when a bully gets going, the bully doesn't stop until somebody mm-hmm. does something to yeah. uh, put that bully back on his heels. Something's never not going to stop on his own. Never, yeah. never, never did that. Especially when it starts to work, he started working. So you know, by working, it's like okay, we got it. Well, we got this, and this is what I'm gonna do. 